Hello everyone, this is Peter Harris with Commercial Property Advisors. Today's training is on how to buy distressed commercial properties. Let's say you found a distressed commercial property for cheap that you know is worth millions of dollars if you could only figure out a way to buy it and fix it up. You also drive by this other certain commercial property all the time. It's in really bad shape, but the area is booming and you know with the right vision and execution, you could ride that property to big profits. Would you like to learn how to evaluate and capitalize on such properties? I guarantee you in this business, if you're in it long enough, you will run across a distressed commercial property. Don't let that potential fortune get away. That's what this podcast is about. All right, so let's get started. Once again, I'm Peter Harris with Commercial Property Advisors, author of the book, Commercialist Investing for Dummies, and also author of my new best-selling book, Commercial Estate for Beginners. I'm also a coach and mentor to many commercial estate investors all across America. So in these next few minutes, you're going to learn in this podcast how to buy distressed commercial property. What is distressed commercial property? I'm going to give you a definition of it because as we know, if you can't define something, you can't have that something, right? So if you can't, if you can't define it, you can't have it. Uh, when does it make sense to buy a distressed commercial property? I'm going to go over that. Where to find distressed commercial properties, you know, how to spot them. And then how to finance distressed commercial properties. I'll give you three ways there. And then lastly, the all-important exit strategy. Knowing how to make your money and get out. All right, let's get started. Um, first, I'm going to just share with you um, two recent deal closings of distressed commercial properties from two of our students. All right, deal number one was a large apartment building with 40% vacancy. That's right, 40%. That means it was only 60% occupied. It needed about a half million dollars in repairs. It was in you know bad shape. The lender was really, really close to foreclosing, but one of our students found this deal through our company's brokerage community and bought it with hard money and with a large second mortgage or seller carryback right? That was the only way this deal can make sense. If we do hard money and the seller does a carry back, he carry back uh, over a million dollars. That's the only way we can make it work, right? And uh, to make a long story short, so this student will make conservatively about two and a half million dollars in about four years. So not too bad, not too bad. Um, property number two was an old beat up 6,300 square foot commercial building. It was in an artsy type of neighborhood. Uh, it was owned by a disinterested owner who wants to go back to his native country. He's going back and forth between his country and here and just not interested in the property and the property shows. He's had the building filled with tenants who didn't pay rents on time, but the rents that they did pay were well, well below the market levels. And basically because of the rundown condition of the property, the owner could only attract uh, low, lower level tenants. So it was not a good thing. Uh, now, if he didn't uh, either fix up or sell the property, the consequences would not have been good. So our student, our students, uh, I was a couple, uh, they found this deal off market, which is, by the way, one of the best ways we find deals. Um, they went direct to the property owner, right? And they bought it for $57 per square foot, right? Now, there were two recent closings of similar properties, you know, down the street, sold for $98 per square foot. So, you know, they bought it pretty cheaply. 
So if we do the math, huge upside in value. Now, our students had uh, choices on how to make money on this property. One, they could wholesale it, right? Which they didn't, right? Uh, they could wholesale it to another investor. Or two, they could fix it up, retenant it, and enjoy the cash flow. And that's what they're going to do. They're actually going to do that. And they're probably going to sell it and do a 1030 exchange into a larger property. By the way, their investor paid for the property 100%. So kudos for them. All right, so what are the two common findings on these two deals? Number one, both the property and the seller had elements of distress. You see, there's a story behind each deal. Each deal has a story. You got to learn how to get the story. The story you get will tell you how to buy the property, how to finance it, and what the extra strategy will be. So getting the story is really important, okay? Asking the right questions. The second thing is... Our students were great students. I mean, they were. They executed the plan we laid out in military-like style because buying distressed commercial property is very, very risky. If you are a beginner, don't do this alone, right? A broker is not sufficient help. They're salespeople. They're not commercial property operators, right? You need expert help, a mentor or a coach or someone on your team that has experience and skin in the game, right? Bottom line is, Get the story and get help. Okay, let's move on to what is a distressed commercial property. Here's a definition. The definition is it's an underperforming asset that substantially challenges the owner in either one of three ways. The first way, it could be physical distress where the property's run down, there's deferred maintenance, there's repair needs, there's exterior and interior deterioration. It could be financial distress where there's no cash flow or negative cash flow or maybe insufficient cash flow to pay for normal operations. It could be that the seller owns more than it's worth. There could be a divorce or the owner could have poor health or, or other personal problems that will lead to financial distress. The third way is legal distress, where you have pre-foreclosure, you have liens, lawsuits, building code violations. The, the property is going to be in Ari Hill soon. Uh, all right, so you have those three levels, physical distress, financial distress, and legal distress. And all of that leads to an underperforming asset that substantially challenges the owner. That's a distressed commercial property. Now, the, the point I want to make here is, you know, all of these points of distress that I mentioned, those are also points of opportunity, okay? Points of opportunity, those all are. So uh, just because the property's in that condition, does not mean you pass on it, okay? So uh, listen listen to this podcast even further. I'm going to go a little deeper in here. All right, so next is the all-important question I get a lot in these type of deals is, when does it make sense to buy a distressed commercial property? How much profit margin should I have? Well, I'm going to keep it simple for you. This is where you start, right? Here's the equation. Your active repair value or your ARV must be greater than the sum of your acquisition costs, repair costs, and holding costs. I'm going to repeat that, okay? So it makes sense when the active repair value of the property is greater than the sum of the following, acquisition costs, repair costs, and holding costs. The ARV is after repair value. It's the market value of the property once the property is repaired and has achieved stabilized occupancy for a period of time. The market value is determined by comparable sales or by the income method. I'm not going to go over those today. If you've been listening to my podcast or watching my videos, you know exactly how to value a commercial property. All right. 
So we come up with the ARV exactly how an appraiser would value the property. All right, let me give you a quick example. Let's say your acquisition cost is $1 million, repair costs 300,000, so so far 1.3, and then holding costs, right? So interest payments to a lender, you know, in the meantime while you're doing the repairs, let's say it's 50,000. So you're all in for 1.35 million, okay? Now, here's the big question. How much of an increase in value or profit margin do we need for this distressed deal to be acceptable? That's the question, right? Here's the answer. 75%, okay? That's the magic number. 75% is the magic number and the minimum number and it's strategic for two reasons. Number one, you need a target. So I just gave you a target, 75%, right? Not just any number above your cost is okay. So I gave you a target. The second reason is this is where the money and success is made. Let me explain. Remember, we have an all-in cost of 1.3 million. I'm going to divide it by our magic number, all right, 75%. So if I do 1.35 million divided by 75%, I come up with $1.8 million, right? My after repair value needs to be a minimum of $1.8 million, okay? ARV equals $1.8 million. If the ARV is $1.8 million, then you could qualify for a takeout loan or, or a permanent loan. Lenders want at least 25% equity in the property in order to consider giving you a loan, all right? So if the ARV is $1.8 million and you owe $1.35, then 75% of $1.8 is $1.35 which is the amount you need to pay off your loan, right? Uh, get your renovations, uh, your repair your repair costs back and your holding costs back. So 1.8 million is the minimum to make you whole, all right? So in conclusion, to answer the question, when does it make sense to buy a distressed commercial property? The answer is when your after repair value, your ARV is at least 75% greater than your all-in costs. Got it? Okay. All right, let's move on to where to find distressed commercial properties, okay? How to spot them. I'm gonna start off with this. Good deals are found, but great deals, life-changing deals are created. Secondly, you must learn the signals of distress. You know, the property signals, the seller signals, the lender signals. You see, because distress commercial deals are found just like other deals are found, right? Online, broker relationships, lender contacts, direct mailing, networking, all those things. Here's the difference. The average investor will see or hear of, of a distressed property, but right away, their minds shut it out. They're scared. It's too risky. They're asking how much it costs, and that's okay. They'll never own anything. Let them be scared. They probably shouldn't be in this business anyway. That's fine. The opportune investor will hear of the same deal and get excited. The opportune investor is educated, first of all, right? Then has relationships that bring him or her the expertise to figure out how to buy and make money from a distressed property. And that's why our students are successful, okay? We can say that. They're humble enough and smart enough to know they need help. And so it is with you, I hope. Now, let's uh, move on here. How to finance distressed commercial properties. There are basically two ways to get your distressed property financed. You can do it conventionally or creatively. Lenders approve loans based upon three things. Number one is you, number two is the property, and number three is the market, right? So you have to check out, the property's financials have to check out, and the market has to check out. 
Well, for a distressed property, the you and the market may be fine, but it's the property that doesn't meet the lender's requirements because the property is distressed because of the financials distress. So a conventional lender is not going to want to do a loan on this. So what you have to do is, number one, you can try to get a hard money loan. I have a video on hard money loans for commercial properties, so you can go ahead and watch that or you can listen to the podcast and see how one of our students used a hard money loan to do their first commercial deal. The second way is to do a bridge loan. A bridge loan is called bridge loan because its purpose is to bridge you to a permanent loan. A bridge loan is temporary. It typically lasts six months to two years. Just enough time to allow you to buy the property, fix it up, stabilize it, and get it qualified for a permanent loan. Okay, That's what a bridge loan is. Now, our hard money loan uh, interest rate could be 12 to 15%. A bridge loan will be 7 to 8%. Okay, So there's a big difference there. The third way is to do creative financing. We can do seller financing where the seller becomes the bank. The seller could be the bank or the seller can carry a second mortgage. Or we can do a master lease agreement where no bank is required. Just the know-how and the creativity. I have a podcast on that too. Or we can do a joint venture with the seller. You know, For example... If the property has large building code violations, let's say you know $70,000 worth and the seller has no money to cure it and he's in big trouble, you can come along and offer to cure the violations and the repairs and then become part owner with him in the property. So that's called joint venturing. All right. So there's many ways, hard money loan, bridge loan, or doing something creative. All right. Now, the last part I'm going to share with you today is the all-important exit strategy, knowing how to make your money and get out. Now, if you've been following my videos, you know that I stress the importance of solid exit strategies before you buy the property, uh, in the middle of ownership, and of course, when you sell the property, right? You have to have exit strategies going in, right? It's really important. Gone are the days of speculating, hoping your property value goes up or down. Now, if you are over the age of 40, your risk-taking needs need to be honed in. You can't afford to make mistakes. Extra strategies become so important after the age of 40, okay? We can't make any mistakes. Now, the other thing is extra strategies, you need to have a good plan, a well-vetted plan. Watching some videos, going to a seminar, and then coming up with an extra strategy is a poor plan. A well-vetted plan is having someone who's more experienced than you, who's been there and done that, all right, uh, help you come up with a plan and you are in agreement that that's the plan. Don't try to do it yourself with with uh, with limited experience, all right? It's not good, not good. I don't recommend it. Now, there are three types of extra strategies in typical deal. Uh, number one, you could buy it, fix it up and sell it, right? You can take the cash profits or you could do a 1031 exchange and trade to a larger property. That's extra strategy number one, okay? Buy, fix up, and sell. Extra strategy number two is to buy it, fix it up, and hold it long-term for cash flow, right? So what you would do here is you get a long-term lower interest rate loan, and you would hold it long-term for cash flow. Many people call this their retirement plan. So they have used this in replacement of a 401k or self-directed IRA. Many people have very successfully. Right. Um, the third extra strategy would be to buy it, fix it up, do a cash out refi and hold for cash flow. This is my favorite way. Now, what you would do is upon stabilizing the property, you would apply for a 75 percent loan to value loan 
and cash out all of your down payment. That's what you do. Now, once you have a down payment back, you can find another property to do the exact same thing to build in your portfolio, you know, buy another property, just build your wealth. In fact, this extra strategy is what most syndicators do, okay? So to me, also, this is probably the most rewarding way to invest in. To buy it, fix it up, pull out the cash, and hope for long-term cash flow. Just so rewarding and so much fun. Okay, so that's what I want to share today. So I hope you learned something today on how to buy a distressed commercial property. If you want more podcasts like this, you know, go to our podcast and just, uh, you know, subscribe to it and there'll be more coming out. Thanks everyone for joining me today on how to buy distressed commercial properties. I'll see you at the next one.